0: Eagles 22, Giants 16. Welcome to Talking Giants presented by John Boy Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Panic. And Justin, the regular season is over. 4.30, Sunday, versus the Minnesota Vikings. We'll be at Mr. Purple trying to kill Mr. Purple and the Minnesota Vikings. The Giants finish their regular season 9-7-1. and Justin, how are you doing,
1: my man? We'll be trying to kill the Purple People leaders. The Giants are gonna become the purple people eaters. Ooh, love that. Put it on a shirt. Hi, Bobby Skinner. It's playoff week, man. Playoff week. This Eagles game. Doesn't matter. Don't care. Some fun things happen though. Is it the Davis Webb game? Is it the Kenny Galladay game? Here, quick. Is it the is it the Davis Webb game or is it the Kenny Galladay game? Which one is it? To me, it's the Kenny Galladay game. Kenny Galladay game, yeah. I I, I agree. I agree. One hundred percent.
0: We'll 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 talk about all of it. Um Justin, but again, the Giants finished their regular season 9-7-1, and playing their second and third strings. Like, we came into this game being like, yeah, you got to rest your key players. They rested every single player that they possibly could in this game. You know, their starting receivers played a collective one snap and Darius Slayton at the end of the game. Uh, you know, and like they seriously like fought with this team. Like this Eagles team, I know they're a little banged up, but they were they were right there in it at the end, especially in the second half Um you know, and they they finished nine seven and one, Justin, and they took care of the games they needed to. They had seven losses this this year: two versus the Eagles, two versus the Cowboys. Teams that are just clearly out, you know, outmatched them with talent. You had one versus the nine and eight Detroit Lions, one versus the nine and eight playoff Seahawks, and then one versus the Minnesota Vikings that we will go and try and get our revenge against, Justin. Like this was it. We talked about just beating the teams. Beating the bad teams this year. Well, they did that, and they beat some good teams. They beat some playoff teams in the Jaguars, the Ravens. So it's, you know, but now it's it's time to get to that, go into those playoffs and win some damn games.
1: Yeah, a remarkable regular season, one that, you know, we definitely expected the Giants to be better. I mean, I, I was one to talk all, all summer long, all offseason long, just kind of preaching and really trying to put the stamp on that this Giants team should show progress. The offense should show progress. The defense should at least try and hold things together, which especially towards this latter part of the season, Giants offense and this Giants team as a whole is showing showing progress, and they are winning in a different way than they have towards the first half of the season, which is really, really fun. Remarkable season, man, with some really, really remarkable moments, and uh, I'm definitely going to try and take this week to really – Celebrate those moments, but most importantly, the there is a game. There is a game this weekend that the Giants can win. They lost.
0: Yeah, just just a few weeks ago, they lost twenty seven to twenty four on a off a sixty one yard field goal versus these Minnesota Vikings. Guess what? They didn't have a Doria Jackson. They didn't have McKinney. They only had Aziz for for uh, a handful of snaps. And guess what? The Giants decide to rest their starters in this game. Talk about momentum. I don't think the Giants lost any momentum from losing to the Eagles by six points with your third string players playing. But you go and look at the Chargers. The Chargers had a chance to rest rest their players. Mike Williams, Joey Bosa get injured. Well, guess what? The Giants have gotten healthy at the right time. They, there is momentum at the right time, and they gotta be going to these playoffs with confidence. And again, this is the most healthy the Giants have been all season long. Like there has not been a single time where at the beginning of the season you are missing Kayvon uh and Aziz. And then and then you miss Leo, and then Adore goes yep. down, And McKinney goes down. This is the healthiest, you know, and the wide receiver room was a, a mess. Like this is the health you know, this is the healthiest this, this Giants team has been all season long since training camp. Like since when we were, you know, watching training camp practices, this team has not been this healthy. And even then they were probably less healthy.
1: Yeah, and we and I just talked about the offense kind of catching its stride at the right time between throwing the ball and early downs that we've seen the last few weeks. It seems that Daniel Jones's chemistry with the with these wide receivers, they're running Saquon Barkley when it makes sense, and he's being efficient while also getting some explosive running plays in there, too. So all that is making sense on the offensive side of the ball. And then something that's underrated about the defensive side of the ball, Wink Martindale is adjusting. Wink Martindale isn't just being nutso blitzo Wink Martindale. We've seen Wink Martindale these last few weeks, and this is you know, even this even ties in something that we saw with the Eagles game today. We've seen Wink Martindale play coverage, utilize two high safeties at the some of the highest rates that he's utilized them probably over the last few oh, years. Every
0: or, single week. Yeah, all, the last few years. Every single week he has surpassed like the se- the season high for using two high safeties.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that's just understanding, especially when Aziz Ojolari is on the field. It's understanding that this Giants pass rush is also coming alive at the right time and the Giants pressure rate still very high. And then especially their sack rate with the Z's Ojolari in the lineup, just because Wink Martindale is kind of playing back, playing coverage a little bit more with these two high safeties, the pass rush is still producing. So this Giants team is getting healthy at the right time. And then also this Giants coaching staff is utilizing its players exactly at the right time too and it's clicking at a point where we're not just looking at this Giants team saying, "Oh, well they got lucky here or there. They got, you know, they got a good bounce here, missed field goal kick against Tennessee week 1. We're not just looking at that and saying, we're looking at this and saying, "Hey, the Giants can win a playoff game and if they play the, this fil- this freaking Philadelphia Eagle team again maybe down the road, they can have a shot against them too."
0: Yeah, you talk about like, "Oh, building confidence." Like imagine you're the Giants starters and you watch yeah. you watch the third string players go you know lose this game by six points in a game where they did a fake field goal that didn't work and they started the second half with an onside kick that didn't work like like you got you got to be on the on the on on the sideline being like oh this this eagles team isn't the same team we played a month ago you know they are banged up and this was a game where the eagles had everything to play for like if the eagles don't win this game they are playing next week instead of having the one seed and having a bye week and able to get, uh, get healthier. Like this is not the same team. And guess what? The Giants are not the same team that played the Philadelphia Eagles a month ago. You know, like we're, they we're trending up. They're kind of trending down now. Uh, you know, and that, and that could very well be the second round matchup, you know, unless the Seahawks upset, uh, the 49ers. And I, I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves. We're getting way but, ahead.
1: We're getting way but, ahead, but, but still there's stuff reason, matters. There's reasons to be optimistic right now. And the Gi- Giants fans should feel like, Anything is possible right now. Why not, right? Justin, the, the
0: Giants were down sixteen to zo- zero at the halftime with Davis Webb as their starting quarterback, playing third stringers at cornerback, and they finished uh, the the second half sixteen to six and made it a six point game.
1: You know they you know, also averaged six like six point one yards per run too, which I was. I was shocked to see that. I was wondering, hey, why, why didn't we ground the pound Gary, you know, Gary Brightwell, uh, Matt Breida, a little bit more as the game went on. So And D- Davis Webb running the ball, too. Where, where, did, where did that come from, man? We talk about da- Daniel Jones' legs. Davis Webb's legs out here are dangerous. They don't call him uh, uh, Davis uh, a Davis, uh, tank uh, Webb for nothing, Bobby.
0: Yeah, just running dudes over. It's like, come on, man. You cannot get ran- run it's over by Davis ship. Webb. Blanket ship he ran over, and and that's the thing. Like you take from this game, like almost none of the contributors played, but the contributors that did play, they all played really well. Outside of one who is our rookie right tackle in Evan, yeah, Evan
1: Neal, yeah,
0: and that's definitely worrisome. But like you know, we'll talk about Nick Gates, Ben Bredesen, both played really well. The linebackers, Mike and McFadden, played really well. Davis, if he if Gerard Davis gets in the lineup, like. I hate to be a reactionary, but I kind of want him to be our Mike linebacker. Him and him and McFadden, and then you rotate Landon Collins and Cordell Flott played really well. Timone Fox can you know fight for some you know reps uh, in the game. Like he he played well. So the guys that will have an impact um, next week versus the Vikings played well outside of Evan Neal.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Where do you, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? Offense, defense. What do you, what do you want to touch on? So,
0: it's, it's tough because it, we're recapping a game where none of our starters played. Oh, wait, um, wait, wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. We're, like, nine minutes in. We haven't talked about Kenny Galladay.
0: Yeah, Kenny Galladay, man. <laughs> like, we went into this game rooting for Kenny Galladay to get a touchdown. My giant it, factor. He get, And he got it. Like, you know, and I know there's going to be, like, okay, can we use Kenny Galladay in the playoffs? No, no, I, I – uh, I wouldn't do that. You know, he did have two catches on seven targets. Part of that is Davis Webb not being very good. You know, like his catch rate on the year went from forty percent to thirty five percent. He finishes the year with six catches, eighty one yards, and a touchdown. Uh and Kenny Galladay's obviously been a massive failure as a giant, but I can't I there's no there's not a single giant fan, or at least ninety nine percent of Giants fans can't say that they like that. That was I like I was emotional. Like it totally changed my mood. Like the Kenny Galladay touchdown happened. It happened on an amazing touchdown on big play slay. I didn't see his wife tweeting at me today. Oh, um silence. Which which I think it's more it's never been more true. He's big play slay, consistently giving up the big plays. Mm. Um and yeah, I, I it's it's hard to explain how a guy who's a massive bust of a contract. Gets a touchdown and what's essentially his last game. You're not happy with the contract. You're not happy with the player, but it was just like it was one of the happier moments of the season almost. <laughs> like it, yeah. it was like we made the Titanic. You know we did it with the Titanic. Uh, you know uh s- s- song track, and it was like I was like I'm actually like emotional watching this. Like I I'm very happy for Kenny Galladay.
1: That was probably. The second biggest reaction I had to a Giants moment this year. The first reaction was the Tennessee miss. That was the second biggest reaction I had to a Giants moment this year.
0: Yeah, for me, it's like Julian Love interception versus the Ravens, the Titans miss, and this. Like that was like that ball went up in the air, and it's like, oh my gosh. And he it's like, oh, way too, way too covered, not gonna catch it. And he comes down. I'm like, please, please, referee, put your hands up. Please, referee, put your hands up. Clean catch
1: too, not a bobble.
0: No, it was an amazing catch. Like he was able to, you know, use his leg to wall slay off. You and know, was that a was in. that
1: hold, an, holding on to the right arm? And then I'm I'm implying that Kenny Galladay's a righty here, so I'm implying that if that was a left handed catch, that that was with his was weak hand, his weak arm.
0: Yeah, it was like extreme pass interference too, when the refs were just trying to get home, and Kenny Galladay ends up pulling the thing down. Um, you know, he talked after the game. He's like, you know, because they. Kim Jones asked him if he kept the ball. He's like, "No." He's like, "No." He's like, no. He's like "I've I've 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 gotten enough to where I don't Dumb need question. to keep him." Dumb and,
2: question.
0: Yeah, and he was like, he's like, and this was Davis Webb's for like first touchdown pass, mm. you know. I know he ran the ball in, but like that was Davis Webb's only touchdown pass of his career. Good only, teammate. Most likely the- be the only one. Like that's that's Davis Webb's ball. Um so and Dable went, and you know, obviously him and Dable, I'm sure, are not very good friends. But Dable went and sat next to him. Jihad Ward sat next to him and and gave double berge to the camera, which was a great moment. Mm-hmm. Jihad Ward's a big middle finger guy, which is like, you know, put, making me more of a Jihad Ward. Can
1: Jihad. I? I need to. I need to get something off my shoulders about Jihad Ward. People love him, and I, I, I like him too, just from a character standpoint. If you were to, I don't think Jihad Ward is a friendly, nice person. I think he is an intense dude that's I can see low-key being a little rude and that's fine I don't want my football players being nice lovey-dovey dudes but people love Jihad Ward and I have a feeling if people saw him on the street Jihad Ward would not be nice to you but he's a fun oh he's blocked the
0: entire Giants fan base on Twitter for we don't even know why like he hates us but I don't retweets me by the way I don't care like I I, you know I kind of I like that
1: edge uh, about... He's got him. an edge. That's that's the correct that's the correct phrase. All right, so here so here's where I want to go with Kenny Galladay. I feel like we got to talk about it more. I'm going to ask you a question, but I want to preface it with this: uh, Kenny Galladay's average wide receiver separation today was 1.1 yards. Um, that's really bad. <laughs> that's terrible. It was this. It was the second worst this weekend. Darren Waller had one yard of separation, so it was the worst amongst all wide receivers this past weekend. Demarcus Robinson had the worst average separation for the Ravens, and it was 1.4. So Kenny Galladay um, built himself a nice little cushion there with being uh, the worst. That's the first thing. Cannot separate, and it's not even just... Kenny Galladay, yeah, Kenny Galladay has always been bad at separating. That's really, really bad numbers. Like, you, you. you, you worst of the NFL is usually around like 1.8. But part of me still thinks, watching him make that insane catch, part of me still thinks that... The Giants should have made more of an effort the last two years, definitely more last year, falls on last year's coaching staff more. The Giants should have made a little bit more of an effort to give him opportunities like that today. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Last year,
0: absolutely. I mean, last year he was just a better player. Like the player that Kenny Galladay is now was not the guy he was last year. Like he was a productive wide receiver for the Giants last year. He just played in a horrible offense. And then when Daniel Jones like you go look at it, we did it on his player profile projection. You go look at his numbers with Daniel Jones, and it's not horrible, but it's like the zero touchdown sticks out. And then, you know, the total stats when when Jones went down, you know, the offense went the to total shit. Um and Jason Garrett was a war criminal. Um so last year absolutely this year, I will say yes up until Isaiah Hodgins became a part of the roster, because then it's like, okay, we got three better options than you. When they were playing David Sills over him, like that was right. silly. Um, you know, even Mark, like once they started playing Slayton, it's like Marcus Johnson should not be out there over Kenny Galladay. But that's kind of coincides with Kenny Galladay getting injured too. Um, you know, and they and they tried to incorporate him back into the offense for that Texans game, and he had the two drops or or one and a half drops. But at the same time, you can look at the coaching staff like you—you you got a lot longer leash for other guys. You know what I mean? Like, like try and help him build his confidence back. But Kenny Galladay's getting paid too much. So this year, I—I I, want to say it because he's just not the same player he was last year. And I like Kenny Galladay to me has not earned any reps for the for the playoffs. Like
1: no, no, not like, at all. No, not at all.
0: Like, like he should play probably zero snaps or or two, or, you know, two or three because you got you do some type of rotation.
1: I mean, yeah, like I said again, I started this whole conversation by saying that Kenny Galladay was the worst wide receiver in the National Football League from week eighteen at average separation. So, um, I know that's not the end all be all stat, but with Kenny Galladay, it kind of is because they're just not giving him the opportunities to make. Big contested catches like that, and I don't think it's worth just trying to get out there. Year was there.
0: disgusting. Last well, year no, was they disgusting. They should have
1: done. They should have done that last year. They, and, and I, I don't really buy the whole. Well, that's not Daniel Jones' style. Well, you're an offensive coach. You're Look an offensive like Davis play caller. Web
0: did come on now, David Del, Hot Dog Hot Dog Davis just made that pass. Like stop, stop saying it's not Daniel Jones' style. Stop, stop it.
1: Yeah, and also if you're if you're an offensive coach and if you're an offensive play caller, like if if Kenny Galladay has, you know, if Kenny Galladay is somewhat open and he's not double covered here where his safety is going to come over the top and intercept it, throw a contested catch for Kenny Galladay. I mean, that that's that's the coaching right there. So I don't want to hear that, oh, Daniel Jones just can't do it. I think he can if they if they told him to. So um, Kenny Galladay, very happy for you. Do you think he
0: ever plays in the NFL again? Yes. Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. He just looks so. The the surgery in this off season, man. It just looks like it just totally zapped him. Um, obviously it'll be like dirt cheap wherever you go, you know, because the Giants will cut him in the off season. It'll be dirt cheap. But it's like who who who. But it's like it does. I guess Galdi turns into a guy who was like a you know he was
1: a a has you know kind of a has been who's trying to hang around the league. But you know where he could go. I'm being serious when I say this. Who loves throwing like those contested catches, back shoulder fades, and that's like all that they've done this year. New England, <laughs> yeah. I think he can go to Bill and Joe Judge. <laughs> that would be. That. <laughs>
0: they, Bill's got to kind of have some self evaluation and get a real office coordinator in there, hopefully. Joe Judge. Um, and 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 Joe Judge needs to go work under someone not named Bill Belichick. All right, thing. I've had
1: enough. I've had enough talking about the twenty twenty one Giants. Uh,
0: Davis Webb. First half 9 of 22 55 yards, three carries 18 yards. Second half 14 of 18, 113 yards, a touchdown, three carries for 23 yards and another touchdown. Um he got his moment. We remember we said in training camp, he is a hot dogger. Like mm-hmm. he is like, "Oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to scramble around like I am Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Josh Jackson Allen. and I'm going to sidearm throws like he the way he plays is like he is like, you know, what these people are like looking for in the draft. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, but dude, you have like the arm of Colt McCoy. Like, what are, what are you doing, Davis Webb? I but respect fa- it. Finally got his he finally got his start. Um he averaged four yards in a attempt. Like, um, pulled, like basically all of his throws were like Lawrence Cager on drag routes or the running back. And then the one throw to Kenny Galladay that obviously ended up working.
1: How many explosive plays did the Giants have? I actually I did not look that up. Uh, I believe it was just the Kenny Galladay play, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll, for the Cage sake of argument, have, might have had one. For the sake of argument, here we'll just say explosive plays are twenty plus yards. We'll forget runs of ten plus yards. Yeah, I think that that might be it. But I'm gonna but I'm gonna look it up. Watch watching Davis Webb is fun. Watching Davis Webb was was fun.
0: Not but because here's he was good. Here's what
1: I will say: is watching Tyrod Taylor would have been a lot more fun. Well, I mean, here's the argument, though, Bobby Skinner. How many sacks did Davis Webb avoid? And Tyrod Taylor can do that sometimes, but Tyrod Taylor takes a lot, a lot of sacks, and I think that's part of the reason why the Giants stayed alive in this game. Yeah. So,
0: So, Cager had eight catches for 69 yards, You know, that was basically all those drag routes. And then the running backs had eight catches and he had 23 completions. So like one of, you know, over a third of his completions were just checking the ball down. to the running backs and the, and the running backs had eight catches for 15 yards too. So it's not like they was even like, Oh,
1: this check down makes sense right now. He was just like, all right let me throw to the running back and get this ball out. Um, In terms of explosive plays, Gary Brightwell had a 25 yard plus play in the third quarter. And then the Kenny Galladay, 25 yarder and, That's – and you want to know what's funny? Um, Yeah, those are the only – those are the only two 20-plus yard plays the Giants had. How do you like that? So,
0: it's a cool moment for him. You know, they – what the funny thing was is they showed his family and his girlfriend – and they weren't sitting next, like, you know, there was, like, one speech between them and I and Eagle's, mm-hmm. like, oh, they, there was someone there before, like, you know, there for was. people.
1: I did see a fourth person, eventually.
0: Well, they showed them later in the game, and there was the, still the spot that was open. So, it was, like, who is this person? Is this person, like, going, doing
1: bumps in the bathroom? They like, showed it again. They showed it again, and I saw a fourth person there, and it was a man. Okay. It was. It was just like, all right. So does there does not,
0: Davis Webb's dad hate his girlfriend? Like, what's going on here?
1: There is not a strife in the Webb family. That fourth person was just doing, doing bumps in the bathroom.
0: All right, that's a heavy accusation that I rolled with, and Justin doubled down on it. Justin, mm-hmm. let I do want to talk about some players who played well outside of you know the Kenny galladay Davis Webb stuff. Yeah, first this episode, link in the description. We finally have a date and time. For our our watch party at Mister Purple in New York City, obviously you guys have heard us talk about it. We are doing a watch party for the playoffs. We're gonna have big projectors. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a grand old time. We're gonna Mister Purple in New York City. Um, Justin, you were there on Friday, and it, it, the place looks like it's gonna be popping.
1: Yeah, w- what we're gonna try and do is we're gonna try and replicate a tailgate party atmosphere um, at Mister Purple. This, this this is kind of like a a bougie happening popping place um and we're gonna you know take it over we're gonna make a talking giant style um and we're gonna have a great time and we're gonna win some games
0: yeah 20 dollar tickets to get in obviously you know if that doesn't cover food or drinks or anything um but yeah we're gonna be there so you can get there at three o'clock so the game's at four thirty. so we'll be you know watching the one o'clock game hanging out with you guys before and then we'll jump on the mic um you know, once the game gets going and, and then we're all focused, we're focusing on the game at that point. Uh, but it's it's going to be a cool event for us. Like, I'm excited. We've sold. So we've sold over 100 tickets at this point. We don't yeah.
1: have an official cap, but me and we Justin will, are ahead of heads. So, like, so keep this in mind. We will, if it gets to a certain number, I don't know what that number is, but we will have to eventually cap it. So get your tickets, get them now, and we'll see you there. We'll see you in... The cite. Yeah, you Mr. really Perf. can't
0: wait anymore. Like you, you you've you've got to get these tickets. And if you if you're uh, you know if you feel like you're part of the Talking Giants family and just not just listening to your uh, the best Giants podcast or whatever your second best or whatever you think, I, I this is an event I think that would be cool to come out to. I think yeah. we're gonna have fun. We're gonna make it worth your while. I think we're doing like rally towels and stuff. Like, we're yeah, gonna- we're gonna
1: we're gonna have a lot of stuff. We're gonna have a lot. you are gonna have wristbands, like Talking Giants wristbands. There's gonna be merch there. We're gonna do rally towels. Um, there's gonna be a lot of fun stuff there. And also, like one of the things that I really got from our tailgates this year, I've said this over and over, is I've just from observing, can't believe how many strangers just talk to each other <laughs> and they, they meet each other. You know, we all have the common bond of being Giants fans so come out and if you just want to meet other Giants fans especially if you're maybe a a, you know if not a lot of your family members watches the games with you whatever come out and you know exchange Twitters exchange IGs Instagrams start your group chats and bada bing bada boom you're got you got your Giants peeps all on Twitter all there with you and you get to meet them so uh I love that idea that we're gonna have like 100 people, 150 people all in the same spot. Odds are maybe you know five people that are there, but you're going to have like 150 friends all there with you. So I'm really, really excited for this event, not just for us meeting all of you, but also everybody else meeting everybody else at the event too.
0: Yeah, so so 20 bucks, you know, one of the best places in New York City, Mr. Purple, 14th floor, come hang out with us. Um, it's it's going to be a really good time. So. Yeah. Uh, link is in the description. Link in the description, and and bring your friends too. So, but the tickets we are going to put a cap on our tickets eventually, um, and uh, that's probably going to happen like before Tuesday. Like I'd be, I would be surprised if Wednesday we're still selling tickets. So, uh, so make sure to do that. All right, Justin. So I went into this game being like, I got my eyes on number fifty seven, Gerard Davis, right? Like this guy, he's got talent but he's not put together, and I go into it, and I'm like, I very well can see myself going into this game, and it's like he just, there's a reason why this guy was on a practice squad with the team that drafted him in the first round with the Lions, right? He was a fun watch. He plays fast and physical and gets downhill. Like, he was pulling the trigger and pulling the hammer, and and when you watch him play, just even if he's all in pursuit of Jalen Hurts or somebody, you realize, like, this guy's. By far the best athlete in the linebacker room. And he was playing his and again, he was just bringing the fight to offensive alignment. Lost a couple times. There was one play where Boston Scott had a nice run where he he misplayed his gap, you know, so it wasn't perfect. Um also there was one play where he got almost too aggressive and missed tackle. But go go what go watch the Reds the you know the the and goal to goes for the Eagles and watch Gerard Davis make like three, four tackles. Right there, like that stopped them from getting into the red zone. Like ma- making the difference between points and not. And Justin, I thought he made Michael McFadden look better. Like Micah McFadden, I thought had his best game. Yeah, you know, where absolutely. he had seven tackles, two tackles for loss, a sack and a QB hit. You know, Davis doesn't get the credit for the sack and QB hit, but those tackles for losses, like they help because guess what? When you have your your Mike linebacker playing fast, aggressive, pulling the hammer, well, guess what? That makes linebackers hesitant because their first read is not wide ass open. Um uh, so I know they're not gonna do it, man, but I want to see him just play. Like I want to see him and McF- him McFadden and Landon Collins out there at linebacker next week. That's what I want.
1: Davis did get the credit for a QB hit and half a sack. Um he also had a tackle for loss. Why don't well, you think McFad- he's he doesn't get credit for McFadden's sack? Oh, in a QB oh got hit. it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Um why don't you think the Giants are not gonna play him?
0: They like Jalen Smith. I mean, they rested Jalen Smith today.
1: But you can. I was hoping that today would have been almost a audition for Gerard. Jared. I. I'm. I'm gonna go with Gerard. Uh, I was hoping that today would almost be an audition for Gerard Davis to go out there and see. Can you get some? Not. I'm not even. Playing time is a phrase that we just throw out there. Um, can you get significant reps? in the playoffs where you're spelling Jalen Smith here and there. Um, I don't know if you can do that at this point of the season, but for how weak the interior linebacker spot is on the Giants, I feel like that's something that should be on the table for this Giants team and this Giants defense. The Eagles weren't resting their starters. The Eagles were not, and they went one for five in the red zone today. They had five red zone trips. They only scored one offensive touchdown in today's game. If you're doing the math at home and if you consider wins and losses to be this – the Giants scored two offensive touchdowns today. The Eagles only scored one. Giants won the game.
0: Justin, they had four yards per carry. They're one of the best rushing offenses in the NFL. and yes. They had four yards per carry on 31 carries with Jack Heflin, Henry Mondeau, Ryder Anderson playing defensive line.
1: And that's where that makes it even more impressive for me with, in terms of Davis and, and Micah McFadden too. They had this kind of game without the support of Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, and kind of those guys up front. He should be pushing for playing time and taking some Jalen Smith playing time.
0: He should, he should. I just, you know how it goes with coaches, man. It's like, yeah. they don't like Jalen Smith has kind of made himself that linebacker. They rest and Will they, will they for a playoff game? Just like, all right, we're making the switch to draw Davis. But here's the hope is that Davis wasn't Davis. Isn't just your normal. Like, Oh, they added him a week and a half ago. They were trying to get him on the giants for a month. But he he was like, I'm, i want to stick with the Lions because the Lions were elevating him in the practice squad because his hope was that once his practice squad elevations ran out, that they'd add him to the active roster. And, didn't. and don't get me wrong, Davis has his flaws. Like I, I'm not gonna let this one game overshadow his entire career. He does have some tackling issues. He's not the you know, the the biggest guy in the world. Um, you know, he can get lost in coverage. But with the Giants and what they have, I mean, he was again—he was playing fast, physical, and downhill, and he is like clearly—he's clearly their best athlete and like the most aggressive at the position. And when your Mike, like Wink Martindale says it himself, as your Mike goes, your defense goes, and it helped a guy like Michael McFadden play better, which has been a take that I've had all you know since McFadden started playing—is that I think people like would like McFadden a little more if he is playing next to a not a you know the worst Mike linebacker in the NFL and Jalen Smith,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we'll see how they how they go with it and how they approach it. I think it'll be a shame. It'll it'll be a shame if Jalen Smith continues to play a hundred percent of the snaps or you know, he's gonna come off the field, you know, on third downs. They're gonna have packages where Land Collins and Tony Jefferson's out there, but especially on those running downs, um it'll be a shame if Jalen Smith isn't coming off the field and Gerard Davis isn't coming on and or even like I even think Jalen Smith will look better as a weak side linebacker if it's Gerard Davis at the mic and Jalen Smith at the at the will or, you know, Micah McFadden at the wheel. Gerard Davis. Uh, I I think Gerard Davis should be used more. I agree with you. We'll see how they approach it this week. Uh, I'm not going to expect anything, but I'll I'll be surprised um, if we're right.
0: And we're playing the Vikings run game that is not going to throw a ton at you with counters and stuff, you know, and that's where the Giants have had some success in their run defense, which is just playing these zone teams. Uh, and I don't think the Vikings are going to totally change up and start running GT counter um, in the playoffs, you know, because even when they do that, they don't do it well. Uh, let's talk about the other consequential players that we're playing, the offensive line. Again, there was two sacks the Eagles had in this game, Justin. But Davis Webb was sacked zero times. Can you guess who? I I tweeted it out. Who were the two players that got gave up sacks or had that were sacked? In this yeah, game? that were
1: sacked. It was it was Jamie Gillian, and wasn't there a funky like Lawrence Cager play?
0: Yep, it was Lawrence Cager. Yeah, Lawrence Cager okay. and Jamie. So really no sacks. Uh, obviously Davis Webb was getting the ball out quick. But I went and rewatched the game. Like I rewatched the offense, and I just like okay, I'm just gonna watch Nick Gates and Ben Bradyson. That's it. First guys like Hargraves, like those guys were holding up, man. And they're probably gonna do this freaking rotation with those cats, and they put Ben in at center at one point. Um you know, I'm, I'm excited to break down their their games for, for this week because it's like they they held up, man. Like they held up. Like you know, and, and that was with their left tackle and right tackle giving up the edge essentially the entire game. Like they those guys didn't give up any plays. Ben Bredesen had one bad play that i noticed from the side angle but like those guys can play and then on the flip side evan Neal. i mean if there's two players that i go into the vikings game worried about it's evan Neal and darnay holmes
1: yeah well i mean you know you have daniel hunter and you have zadarius smith who you know both both of those guys kind of had everybody's been having their way with evan Neal, but in particular those two guys had their way with evan Neal a couple weeks ago yeah, Neil
0: just had the false starts in this game, you know, you know, getting beat around the corner. Um uh-huh. I mean, Justin, I know I don't want to get too far ahead of us, but if we're going into next giant's offseason or next giant's training camp being like, okay, what happens with Evan Neal? Because now it's year two and you gotta be a good player now. You know.
1: Yeah, the worry um, the worry will start in year two for sure. The one, 100%. That's when the worry will start. I, I'm very willing to, I'm willing to recognize the worry right now. I mean, I think I've been a little bit more on the anti Evan Neal train than, than you have a little bit, but um, the, I, I am also reasonable enough to say the worry will start in, in year two and in training camp. It, it will start in training camp because the same issues that he struggled with in camp, he is still struggling with right now. Um, And I trust that, He's a hard worker, he'll take an offseason to get better at it, but that doesn't help us for a playoff game that we have coming up in seven days.
0: Yeah, I so. mean if, if the Vikings have to be looking at that I'm like, all right, let's let's get Zadarius you know matched up on him or 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 like, hey, let's you know, they they do we'll get into the preview pod later this week, obviously. Zadarius, they move around, they'll put him on the guards and stuff. But it's like, all right, we can put Hauner on 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 this cat uh, on the tackle, and then we can line up Zadarius Smith with Mark Lewinsky and and really cause pressure. Yeah. and you know, there was a there was a strip sack in that Vikings game that the Giants were able to recover. That can be the difference between winning and losing. Absolutely. Or those plays. Or it could be the difference of stopping a big play for the Giants. So I mean that's gotta that's gotta be a part of the offensive game plan. It's like, all right, we gotta either protect Neil with the tight end, the backs, or there's gotta be with DJ. It's like, man, you gotta you got to be ready to go. Like, you got to yeah. be ready to escape that pocket. And obviously, DJ's been really
1: good doing that this year. Um, Did you see um, there was a Nick Gates play where Davis Webb had the personal foul? He got hit out of bounds. Good acting job, first of all, on Davis Webb, doing a good job of jumping as he went out of bounds. So any contact that he took, he would automatically fall down. Very good job. Veteran move right there. But Nick Gates runs up to whoever kind of pushed him out of bounds. Really runs up to him, starts pushing him. Davis Webb, nice moment. Another pro move. Hugs Nick Gates and is like pulling him away. Pulling him away. Davis Webb, big fundamentals guy, doesn't want to get the 15-yard penalty. Joe Judge would have loved him. Yeah, Gates, Ga- Gates no by fighting. the way, had
0: a, qu- a quote after the game. Uh, and by the way, every time Gates plays center, he plays it well. Have you noticed that yet, Brian Dable? Have you noticed that yet, Bobby Johnson? Is he, a dirt- is he enough of a dirtbag for you?
1: No, not 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 their guy. Not their Anyways,
0: guy. um, he had a quote saying that Minnesota the crowd wasn't so loud, um, last time, and boy, the beat reporters were quick to get that out to try and get that circulating so they get as many quote cheats as they possibly can. Gates, who by the way is probably one of the friendliest guys to the media, um, they 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 had they had no hesitation of taking that quote and and turning that into what it is but you know what screw minnesota like me me you know i did the meme the the hands, meme, the like hands me shake. and nick gates like hating the fake niceness about minnesotans but like, i want that to be remembered going into this i hate the state of minnesota i hate that place with a passion i almost want to go there and just start burning stuff down like that mm. state deserves it it's a scumbag state they pretend to be nice the minnesota nice thing it's real it's real fake they they are they are the nice to your face, talk behind your back type of people. I hate the state of Minnesota, and we when I mean, we gotta go, we gotta go destroy the state of Minnesota this weekend.
1: We gotta go, we gotta win, we gotta do it. Um, can I? Do you have
0: any other players that you want to talk about? Some young guys on the defensive side, if you want to get a DraftKings add in.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll get a we'll get a DraftKings add in. I mean, at least those are the guys that I think can really have a contribution. In this sort of playoff stretch, you know, we talked about Gerard Davis, Ben Bredesen, Nick Gates. But we're going to talk about DraftKings and then we're going to talk about some other guys that I guess impress us a little bit. The NFL playoff picture is locked in. And my go to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL to kick off the road to Super Bowl 57. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and exciting customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the Wild Card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free back bet back up to $10. Action is so good, why bet the NFL playoffs anywhere else? I want you to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use code WORLD. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get $200 in free bets instantly. It's that simple. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code World. Talking Giants versus the World. Come to New York. Come to Mr. Purple. Throw throw a parlay on the Giants. Saquon Barkley touchdown. Daniel Jones. Julian, tell me about it. Daniel Jones over rushing yards because that's a thing that just hits every week, right? With our guy Daniel Jones. Throw in. I'm throwing this out there. Throw in a Richie James touchdown too, and win. With the DraftKings Sportsbook. Promo code World. Thank you to DraftKings. You'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. Um what were the
0: Cordell Flott, man? Like. Ooh, Cordell Flott. I just watch him, man. I'm like, this guy just he's just like some of the stuff is translated from LSU where it's like, man, this guy just like springs out of like his he has change of direction, his ability to just burst. You know, and i probably said this five times on the podcast already that will remember that dropped interception versus the Vikings as negative. But in reality, it's like, that wasn't, that was a really good play at cornerback. Like that was just great ability to stop undercut and drive through that and get, and make that catch. I mean, he was, he was like their best DB out there. Like Rodarius got worked a, a few times. Um, Flop, man. I, I really think he should ch- challenge to play nickel corner next week. I do. I do. It's something I've been talking about for a few weeks. Like he is, to me, he's just a better option. I know that the nickel corner has to be a part of the run defense, and he's not fit for that yet. He's very light, and that is a problem. Like I, That can't be ignored, so I understand it. But it's just whenever they are
1: passing, I wish Cordell Flott could be the nickel corner for the Giants. There were plays where locking down A.J. Brown... Not allowing any separation. There were some plays on Devontae Smith too. There were some really good Cordell Flott plays. And this was one of the first games, maybe besides the Cardinals game where he just kind of, excuse me, the Panthers game where he just flat out started, right? This was one of the first games in the first weeks that we, in a while, that. They actually put Cordell Flott in these man-to-man situations where it could allow Cordell Flott to make a play on the football to really cover guys, you know, maybe get a little close in their face. I don't want to say press, but you know, uh, at least just get up there, get up on their grill in man coverage. A lot of what Cordell Flott's been doing is giving these guys a little bit of cushion and still playing man coverage the last few weeks. So I've really tried before this Eagle game to tr- try and evaluate what kind of season Cordell Flott's having, and I just don't think that when he's been out there, the Giants have been putting him in compromising situations. This week, however, him getting the start, playing man coverage on the outside was super fun, super exciting, seeing that there was one third down stop that he had on A.J. Brown. Incomplete pass, covering him like a blanket, gets up. Brian Dable and Wink Martindale both pumped on the sideline. Brian Dable daps him up on the sideline. So that was a really cool moment, and um I, I'm with you. Uh, I, I'm with you on I would like Cordell Flott to – I don't think Cordell Flat would get beat in the same way that Darnay Holmes does, especially when we're talking about holding penalties. But I just don't think it's going to happen at this stage of the season. I don't think they view Cordell Flat as that player that they can switch positions at this point in the season. He is still super young man. He's 20, 21 years old. That is Yeah, I'm super, excited for him going young. into
0: next year. Like I know yeah. like he is someone who I am very excited for going into next year. I know. Betting on corners, making this huge jump can be dangerous, but he is someone I'm very excited about. Um, you know, and, and other guys who evaluate corners like Eric Crocker really liked him. So, um, some good stuff. There. And we, I mean, he was one of the guys we liked in the draft. Afterwards, obviously post draft, we're like, man, this guy's got like some talent. Like he springs out of his. kind kinders of like the way the guy play, goes about playing the game. Uh, you know, he plays with an edge to him. I,
1: I like, I like got a little thought. swagger. Got a you saw that you saw yeah. a little bit of swagger today too. It was cool.
0: We talked about it on the pregame show, and you had a tweet about it in this game, Justin. Timon Fox is just a flat-out better player than O'Shane Zimenez. Like yes. I know people were like up telling us to apologize to O'Shane Zimenez after he got a sack on a second effort versus the Panthers, and had a sack on a hail mary versus Aaron Rodgers. But like O'Shane Zimenez does nothing, and Timone Fox every time he's on the field, like he makes, like he. He does good things. Like, he rushes with the plan. He can, you know, beat a guy around the edge. He said, I think he's better in the run game. Uh, you know, it's minimal reps, but I think Fox should be overtaking the Ocean Zimenez reps. I Roche think he's gotten F- a lot of snaps this year, by the way. Like, he has more snaps than Quincy Rocher got last year. Less production, may
1: I say, but nonetheless. I think Timon Fox can grow into a Jihad Ward-like player. And what I mean by that, I think Timon Fox is way more athletic. But what I mean by that is an edge rusher that can be good to solid for you, like a number, like a number three, number four guy that can come in against the run and then even do some things, you know, r- rushing the passer two every once in a while too. Just a solid, good depth player. Which for a UDFA, I think that's awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, like you don't put up all that production that he did at UNC without knowing how to play ball. You know, the question is, like, okay, do you have the size, do you have the strength, do you have the athleticism for the next level? But he knows how to play ball. And, and he, again, O'Shane Zimenez has been quietly really bad since, you know, week three or week four, whatever you want to call it. Um, O'Shane Zimenez
1: has been quietly really bad his entire career.
0: That's true. <laughs> he was very loudly bad for a portion of last year. Right. Um, but because of Kayvon and Aziz and then Jahab, like you look at O'Shane's reps, like he's get he gets playing time, he, he really does. Like he's not this guy that's getting eight snaps a game.
1: You wouldn't know it because he doesn't do anything,
0: and yeah. you don't know he's on the field. Yeah, you like you forget, like oh yeah, O'Shane Zimmons is part of the team and part of the actual rotation. He doesn't do Aziz
1: Ojolari get healthy, please.
0: <laughs> yeah, do, did you have anything else on on players in this game?
1: Yeah, I I love Jason Pinnock. I uh, I think there would have been. Four or five 20 plus yard runs that the Eagles had if it weren't for Jason Pennock kind of coming down playing the run. Um, I, I don't necessarily know and remember if he, uh, I think there was one play where he was covering somebody, maybe it was Dallas Goddard. Um, but uh, Jason Pennock makes plays and I, I really like him. I think he can be a piece moving forward. I mean, dare I say, if they can't find a way to extend Julian Love. Jason Penock is an option at safety. It shouldn't be the only option, but Jason Penock is an option. Um, so I really like him. And Lawrence Cager is a good receiver. He's a good catcher of the football. I am not for, I am not for putting Lawrence Cager at tight end on a consistent basis because I think if you have a tight end that can't block. I think that's a liability, and I think that's a tell for an opposing defense of either we have Lawrence Cager with his hand in the dirt here, and if it's a run play, this dude's a liability, and we can attack him, or if it's a pass play, then that could be a predictable tell that oh Lawrence Cager's on the field, the Giants are going to throw the ball here. So, uh, but I do like Lawrence Cager, his his yak ability. I thought like yards after the catch wise, you know, on the field with. Marcus Johnson, who was a fast guy, uh, Kenny Galladay, who was supposed to be physical. I thought Lawrence Cager was the best yards after the catch option the Giants had today.
0: Yeah, I mean he's got speed. I mean he's a converted wide receiver to the tight end. It's just how well does it I, it? I will say it's weird that he went from like okay, he's our starting tight end now to like you get zero snaps a game. Um, I thought. Do you that know? He- Do you know the Giants had zero plays out of eleven personnel today? They didn't have the receivers to really run eleven personnel. They don't have. They didn't have a single slot receiver. The receivers were Kenny Galladay and Marcus, Marcus Johnson, Johnson because they that's didn't a- want to play their starters. Um, which
1: is crazy, you know. Yeah, they don't have a. They don't have a backup. What this tells me is that they don't have a backup slot receiver. They kind of use Cager as a as a slot in a way. Yeah, because they had it was it was twenty one personnel, and then you know that's that's two running backs and then one tight end and then it's twelve personnel with um, one running back and two tight ends. That's what they used.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Nick Vanette kind of had some... It was a Nick Vanette game. They, He's I, very I, slow. I, that's the thing. is We went into this game like, okay, they're wrestling their key players smartly. They didn't play a single starter besides Gates, Bredesen, and, and Neil. McFadden. And Neal. Uh, Which
1: I I thought I really thought heading into this game, I said I they have to play some starters, right? They can't just bench everybody. No, they benched everybody. They benched and the, everybody. And like, there was uh, a point in the game, like we said, that, you know, they played Neil. There was a point in the game where it was Tyree Phillips and Matt Parrot. They, you know, they they took Neil out. And I think there was was there a part of the game where It was Jack Anderson. It was Wyatt Davis. They took everybody out at some point, right? They
0: they put Bredesen at center, and then they put Wyatt Davis at left guard, and then Jack Anderson played the whole game at right guard. Yeah. Um, And they did take Neal out and put in uh, Matt Matt Paradin. So, I mean, Neal only played about the first half or whatever it was. Um,
1: And then they were like, that's enough. (laughs) Yeah. Is that a show? That's the show, Bobby Skinner. Oh, man. Uh, what What's on the docket for this week for, for us? So live streams galore,
0: right? We're going to be live streaming like crazy. Yep. Uh, Wednesday, we're going to have Entertainer and NYG Daily Weiss on. Uh, so Chris and Weiss will be on. That'll be fun. Uh, and then Friday's a preview pod. And we're gonna, so we're gonna have Syed Schemes on, who's a great interview. You know, I know we play the Vikings again, so we'll have him on shortly and just kind of get his vibes, take away from that Vikings game. So what? I'm not gonna do a film review. So go watch, rewatch the the Vikings film review. That's what you should do this week. It's like, oh, no film review. I will do an O line report. I'm gonna talk about Gates, Gates and Bredesen a little bit, and then I think I might do some Wyatt Davis. Um, White Davis stuff on there. The tackles. I'm not gonna do Evan Neal. I'm not gonna keep. Re- I'm not gonna do a segment repeating the same things over and over again with Evan Neal. Uh, I, j- I just can't do it anymore. Can't do it. Uh, next Evan Neal O line report segment will be week one next year. Hopefully it's awesome. Hopefully it's awesome. Um. Yeah, we're gonna be live. So we'll we'll live stream tomorrow or Monday when you're listening to this at some point. Uh I'll s I I told Jordan Renan we let him because he thinks we got he got railroaded on the Tony Award, but she didn't. He did it like he screwed himself.
1: Julian, do you agree with that? You're as a known Jordan Ronan stan. Your thoughts? Won.
2: I I think it was rigged from the inside. I didn't get a vote personally. Uh, well, I'm-
0: are you signed up to the Patreon? That was. Here's the thing. Me and Justin, we forgot to vote this year. Right. Like, we are, we are the, un like, we, me and Justin are supposed to vote, and we just forgot to vote. I was thinking about possibly doing, like, what, well, Talking Giants members, like, the Pro Bowl. Talking Giants members, Patreon members, and then, uh like, the whole point system. Here's the thing, is I'm not keeping up with the the beat reporters breaking news and stuff point system. That's why I'm no, not going to no. do that. Maybe if we had, like, a producer, editor... That we knew would be with us long term, oh. we could do we could do that and have the uh, assign them to that. But we don't have that, so no, we don't. We really don't. We do have researchers at John Boy Media. Um, I I asked Julian before we're gonna do we're doing it's the last dance. Julian, can, can I say this now or should hey, I do? You have, it do you have an announcement all, to make, for the Julian?
2: Yeah, this this is the last dance. Um, this playoff run is gonna be. It won't be it for me at Talking Giants or John Boy, but it'll be it for me as far as a Giants season goes. I'll be sticking around a little bit in the offseason and through the draft, but this is it. We're going to we're gonna win a Super Bowl. I'm going to be a part of Talking Giants for the Super Bowl run, and then I'm going to retire on top.
0: Yeah, Jeff, so Julian's not deciding when he school, finishes college, he's not going to join John Boy Media which I kind of get cuz I know who, who I know the type of person Julian is and I know that like he's not someone who just wants to be like a full-time editor producer like like he wants to go do his own thing and he's kind of made money doing his own thing um but it sucks for us because I hate it saying nice things but like Julian Julian became part of Talking Giants by just sending me stuff like great edits to put on shirts that were highly illegal but i was like these are awesome like and i made stickers of you know of them everything and we made one we made one of the shirts and we're like all right this is on sale for 30 minutes because it will get our whole store shut down um and he gets our call con- so it, it's gonna suck losing julian but it is what it is
1: so and- here you go so now here's a open rain open season for all the people that have been dming us oh i want to work with you. i want to work with you if you know photoshop if you know premiere shoot me a message Well, you
0: got you got, and you got to know our voice. You got to be pro. You got to be. You got to be a grinder. Like you got to be a hard worker. Like Julian's a grinder.
1: Julian. I I send Julian
0: shit all the time, and 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 if he can't do it, he's letting me know quickly. I can't do it, but I can do it here. So, and all and do not do not message us saying that you study journalism in college. Show me what you do and what you've done, not what you want to do, because that that's I will not if we are not looking for just like a, a. a starting pad. We we want you to have already done shit.
1: You can be a journalism major, but if you don't know Premiere and you don't know Photoshop, I'm I'm sorry. But Julian is one of those people, um, and I I love. I, this is like my favorite kind of person in the world. This is really uncomfortable saying all these nice things about Julian. I'm not I'm not uncomfortable. I'm
2: uncomfortable.
1: Um, Julian is one of those people that he will do things even when we don't ask him to do. Which that is like I hate having to spell everything out and there are times like in in our jobs and in our lives and everybody can relate to this where you have there are people that you have to spell everything out for i want this i want that you have to cross your t's and you have to dot your eyes and if you don't do it you're the one that gets screwed over and that is not what i have to do with julian uh julian kind of he's gotten our voice from the start um you know he's going to be with us for for a few more months but um he kind of broke our hearts this week and he told us don't like you. Don't want to stay with you. That's what he said in a phone call to me. I was bowling too. I was bowling. It was in my bowling league. Julian tells me, I don't like you anymore. I'm not working for you.
2: Yeah. Did that throw off your game at all? So I was. Worried. No,
1: I actually got better after that because maybe yeah. I got mad. I, I like locked in.
2: Yeah. When I, when I started, it was, it was really just because this job in my mind at the, at the time was just like what I did on my free time. As far as just like, I watched the giants and I watched football and I just wanted to monetize that. And I mean, I, I sit down on Sundays and I watch football and I just like make graphic memes that go into a five person group chat. So then I was like, I mean, I listen to these people and I see them post stuff. That's stuff I could do. And yeah, it, it has been the the best and it has been a blast working at John Boy and learning kind of social media. But yeah, kind of like you guys said, I just I just don't want to be an editor um, and like just an editor like I. I just got a new camera and I, Excuse I, love, me? I love making telling like cool stories. And I want to make like some really banger art that I'm super passionate about. And while I will continue to watch football and listen to football content on a daily basis, it doesn't, it doesn't fulfill my creative needs long-term mm. that's what I'll be pursuing.
1: Your creative needs. Yeah. You um, can't fill your creative needs. What was that just an editor comment?
0: Is this all because I wouldn't let you do the Santa Claus uh, No, no, post?
2: definitely
1: not.
0: I want to
2: make, like, I want to tell, I don't know exactly <laughs> what I want to do after college, but I know that I want to make stuff that is, like, telling, like, crazy stories and, like, long-form videos that make people feel something.
0: When we go storm chasing, because I like I John Boy Media asked me to pitch them ideas that are non football related. I was like, I I got I need one year in Florida, so it'd be easy. Like, all right, let's
1: What go. if you stayed in Florida and you just did all that for Bobby?
2: That's what people cause I when I've told people that I wouldn't stay, they're like, Well, I get it not wanting to go to New Jersey, which really isn't huge for me. That's not a huge deal breaker. They're like, should what if you just stay in Florida? You should but want to move to New Jersey. No, even you if I were to stay in Florida, the 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 decision stands. I don't wow. even know if I want to live in Florida after school. I I love Florida. Florida move to I'm, Paris. I'm a Florida man for life, but I don't know if this is where I'll stay.
1: You're a French American. Move to Paris. The world is what I what I've what I was told when I graduated school. The world is your oyster, Julian.
2: It's true. It is my it is my oyster right now. As I'm. Heading into unemployment. And you're the pearl.
1: Yep. By the way, the Giants'
0: schedule for next year is confirmed. Home game. Patriots, Jets, uh, Packers because they lost Rams, Seahawks, Commanders, Eagles, Cowboys, Road, Raiders, Bills, Dolphins, Saints, 49ers, Cardinals, Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders. So I got Dolphins circled on there.
1: I'm going to the Bills game.
0: I'm going. I'm hoping that we can do our big tailgate for –
1: the Patriots right Ooh, wait I really hope Joe judge is still with the Patriots yeah um, I can we BTS just in case you didn't know we're, we're friendly with Joe judge maybe I we can meet him I,
0: I don't really want to meet him at the, I, mean, I do a, I think he's gonna be busy before that game disagree right. um that's an episode. We'll be back on Wednesday with uh, with NYG Daily and, and Anatena and we'll be doing live streams. We appreciate you. Make sure, link in the description, come to our live event. Um, our events planner texted us middle of the show, been like we just got a big surge of uh, sign-ups. So sign up or get your tickets, all that good stuff. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go Big Blue.